Welcome to the Later in Life Planning Show with Patrick Colley, brought to you by Keystone Elder Law, right here on News Radio WHP 580. Now, here's your host, Patrick Colley. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me for another episode of the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. If there's one thing that I have tried to hammer home week after week on this show, it's building a shield to protect yourself from the challenges and the costs of getting older. And past episodes of the show are available on your iHeart app, on your Spotify, your Apple Podcasts. But those of you who tune in week after week have also heard me speak with guests who have various specialties that are all a part of that building a shield to protect yourself from the challenges of getting older. Sometimes it's it's me talking about the legal planning you can do, but there's so many other things that I think people need to know about. And one theme running through a lot of the guests or or my episodes where, where I'm talking about legal planning is the costs and the challenges that have to do with long-term care as you get older. That's probably the most predictable and most expensive threat that the middle class faces. So I've had people address that from perspectives that are not purely legal perspectives. Of course, at Keystone Elder Law, we're handle, handling the legal side, but but you need to know a lot more than that. And so today, I have a guest who will talk about something that is probably one of the most uh, one of the most frequent contributors to people needing long-term care. We've we've had somebody speak about dementia, which is a frequent contributor. But what about falling and injuries and and those kinds of things? Well, Katie Martz joins me today from Fox Rehab to talk about these things. Katie is a, a physical therapist by training and is it has a whole lot of knowledge to share on how falls figure into those challenges of the later years of life and some ways to prevent it, more importantly. So, Katie, thank you for joining me on the show and sharing your experience and your knowledge with the listeners. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. So, you know, I've already uh, I've already let the cat out of the bag. Falling is, a, is, is bad news, especially in the later years of life. Give, give us some background on that. Why are falls such a big deal, something to be uh, prevented, something to recuperate from appropriately? Yeah, absolutely. So kind of looking at the statistics, I think that's a good place to start. Um, sometimes numbers don't give you the warm and fuzzies, but it is the reality of it. Um, some statistics, uh, falls are happening at 80% of those are happening in the home, which I think is something that people don't always necessarily recognize. They think, oh, it's only when I'm out on ice or out doing something that is maybe a little bit tricky. Um, So 80% of falls occur indoors. 2.5 million older adults go to the emergency room department for fall-related injuries a year. Um, $34 billion annually is spent on falls for hospital costs, accounting for two-thirds of the total. Um, which is a huge number. So looking at that cost, not just from a healthcare standpoint, but then everything that follows after that. Um, 95% of hip fractures are caused by a fall. And then 25% of people with a hip fracture actually pass away within one year, which is a wow. really serious statistic. Yeah, that, that's a big one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and a lot of kind of going along with that is it's not necessarily just the falls. It's the pieces that can kind of go into it that impact how we react and how we live our lives going about it. Right. So, and, and I think that's that's surprising, at least out of all of those, you know, that so many, 80% of falls are happening indoors. And I think it's, 
you know, in your mind, if you've fallen a parking lot or there's an uneven uh, uh, pavement or something, it's somebody else's fault. And, and nobody wants to think, well, I suppose I could have arranged things in my home a little better to to avoid this. Now it's it's in a sense my fault. I mean, even if it's if it's just, you know, accidents happen. But um so let's start there. As far as the home goes, I mean, what can people be doing if 80% of falls are happening inside and so many of these falls are leading to emergency room visits, it's leading to premature death, and of course, uh, it's leading to a lot of people going to a nursing home, which is a whole other conversation that I have all the time. What can people be doing about their home situation to prevent this from happening? Absolutely. Um, So there's a couple different aspects to look at when thinking about making your home as safe as possible. Lighting is a huge one. Making sure that areas, especially that you're accessing frequently, are well lit. Especially as we're getting older, not only are we suffering sometimes from low vision, but there can be glaucoma, there can be cataracts. There's different pieces that can kind of play into that. If you don't have well-lit stairs, if you miss that stair, all it takes is just that one miscalculation to, to have a fall. Um, Another big one is obstacle removal. So having those throw rugs maybe put to the side or um, that pile of boxes that is maybe set aside for a yard sale. Let's take those out to the garage, not have them right next to the the walkway, Um, as well as making sure that if there's animals in the way that we're, you know, not taking the walker to push the dog as you're moving. (laughs) So, you know, keeping an eye on those obstacles. Cords is another really big one, making sure that you're either having those under... um, like a, a, a full carpet, or even just running them along the wall to make sure that they're not across a pathway. Another big piece is home modifications. So that can be in the bathroom, definitely making sure that there's grab bars, slip-resistant surfaces that's going into the shower or the tub, but as well as getting out, um, making sure that there is something to kind of catch the water as you're coming out of the shower or the tub, but isn't something that's just going to slide out from underneath you if you, you, know, you know, shift your weight the wrong way. Um, outside of the bathroom, other really big ones are making sure that stairs are safe. So if you've lived in your home for a long time and maybe that railing isn't as sturdy as it used to be, making sure that, you know, it's not going to give way if you need to really hold on to it, as well as just making sure that home entry and exit is really safe and that it's secure. So not only is it there just in case, but when you do need it, it is there and it's sturdy. And I love that you're you're giving very specific, concrete examples. And I just think, you know, you started off with some pretty startling statistics, how common falls are. The, the real damage, I mean, premature death, nursing home care, the amount of money that we spend on, on this kind of thing. So in other words, everything you've just gone through from the lighting to come on, it looks really nice, that throw rug that you really like, but this there's a lot riding on these things, the the the, the details to the water and so forth. In other words, I think it, it pays to be intentional about this and to really take a look around your home because there's a lot riding on this. Absolutely, yeah. And I think something that's really important to mention as well is, you know, falls aren't 100% preventable, but they have found that two-thirds of falls are. So that's something that's really important to kind of keep in mind, too. So sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. So we, um, you know, a lot of times home safety assessments is something that professionals are able to do. Um, And even just another set of eyes, maybe, you know, 
coming home with a walker for the first time and not realizing, oh, it's harder to push on this surface or I'm having a little bit more difficulty um, and giving that a try before just getting dropped off at the door and then realizing how difficult it is to get around and putting yourself at risk. Yes. And everybody loves their their pets, but I'm glad you mentioned them as well. They have a real knack for getting right underfoot right when you least expect it. And um, it's just, it's you have to, it's sort of situational awareness. It's just understanding, okay, I'm going to have to be a little more deliberate uh, now that I'm, I have a walker or that I've, I'm recuperating from a surgery or something because you're more vulnerable. And, and those statistics about what happens within a year, the likelihood of something terrible happening to you within a year after a fall should be enough to get people's attention to, to, to pay closer attention. And so is that part of something that you do with the, the assessment of, we're not just going to work on, on you physically, but we're going to look at what are the what could set all of the progress back in the physical therapy and looking at the environment yeah absolutely so um physical therapy we are definitely able to look at pieces of that but the specialists for home safety um dme which is durable medical equipment um, and some of those other pieces is actually occupational therapy um so sometimes people think oh occupational therapy i'm not working anymore i'm retired i don't i don't need that but the reality is they're helping you with whatever your occupation is in that day. So for somebody, for a child, that might be playing. For somebody who's retired, it might be golfing or doing the laundry and those types of things. So um, a lot of what they're focusing on is activities of daily living and then um, IADLs, which is independent activities of daily living. So that's kind of the more high level stuff, laundry, cooking, um, cleaning, some of those pieces, whereas activities of daily living is like toileting getting dressed, getting bathed, some of those more basic aspects that we all need to do, um, but need to be able to do them safely. And I love that uh, this is probably a great time to, to mention it. We were speaking before we uh, went on the air, and uh, you mentioned that some of your favorite success stories are, I mean, you mentioned somebody golfing. Well, if they're not able to do that, are they are they able to you know, participate in a family event or things like that? That's what you really want to see them do because you made an impact on their life. Could you just mention some of those? Yeah, absolutely. We, I mean, yeah, that is one of my favorite things about the company that I work for right now is that we are helping folks enjoy and live better longer. We are focusing on not just staying out of the hospital, not just, you know, addressing that one thing. We're really working on quality of life and really living life to the fullest. Um, So yeah, a couple examples. Um, A patient was in and out of the hospital a little bit and really wanted to be able to get on her stepladder so she could decorate the top of her Christmas tree. And this is somebody that's that's local in the area. And our therapists were able to get her balance and endurance to a place that that was a reality. And that's something that we can't really address in any other setting, which is why I absolutely love that. Um, Even getting on a tractor to mow the yard, some of those pieces. That's great. My guest today is Katie Martz from Fox Rehab, her number 717 881-0453. More on the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law in a moment. You're listening to News Radio WHP 580. Now, more of the Later in Life Planning Show here on News Radio WHP 580. We are back on the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. I am your host, Patrick Cauley. My guest today is Katie Martz with Fox Rehab. And Katie, before the break, uh, you know, we're talking generally about falls 
that happen and and the impact on your health that that can have and therefore ways to prevent it and so forth. But but in your work at Fox Rehab, before the break, you were talking about some of your favorite success stories and a woman who just really wanted to decorate her Christmas tree, but that required climbing up a ladder, but but that that you were able to to help her do something that was near and dear to her heart. What are some of the other success, success stories as far as helping people live the life that they want to live as opposed to just recuperating from a surgery or something specific? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so another example, um, we had a gentleman who his goal was to be able to walk his granddaughter down the aisle for her wedding. And that was something that they were able to work on, not only balance and safety for him to be able to be you know, safe as he was walking down, but to have the energy to do it, as well as enjoying the reception afterwards. So it was kind of all encompassing, just helping him feel confident and be independent in that moment to really just take in that special time with his family. Um, And then even just more simple things. Uh, There's a patient that really wanted to be able to get out and flower or water her flower garden. And with her walker being on grass, uneven surfaces, she didn't really feel comfortable. So working on not just getting stronger and working on balance, but adapting that activity. So and that's another piece that occupational therapy is really great with is, you know, sometimes modifying or adapting an activity to make it go smoother so you can still enjoy and do those activities. Um, And you're not kind of just giving it up because you think, oh, I'm getting older. I need to. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I think that that you can you can still have. Uh, goals of living an active life, and and if that requires a little bit of uh, intentionality and 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 being careful about things, then there's no reason to just throw in the towel. In fact, I think one thing I was really looking forward to speaking with you about today is is maintaining that active lifestyle all along. And and I've you know in my own sort of listening to podcasts and and reading articles, you know they they say that. That exercise for all-cause mortality, whether it's cancer, whether it's cognitive decline, whether it's fall prevention and all of the cascading health effects there, that exercise, staying stronger, staying active is just off the charts, the, 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 not a cure-all, but, it, but it, is, it has such a medicinal effect. Um, so in what way should people be aware of ways that they can... They can uh, engage in physical activity and therefore add life to their years instead of, you know, years to their life. It might do that too, but, but really adding life to their years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I really think it's important. There's one piece of it, um, that I'd love to discuss. It's the slippery slope of aging. So there was a study that looked at the percentage of vigor as age in years kind of goes on. So none of this is hard and fast. Um, but there were four different levels, fun, so doing the things you enjoy, being able to get out there and, 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 and you know, live life. Um, the, next, the next level was function. So maybe not doing those fun things quite as often, but you were able to at least do what you needed to do. Next is frailty. So only getting done the very bare minimum. And then finally is failure, that last piece of relying on others to kind of care for you. So and one of Fox's, um, you know, slogans kind of is abolishing ageism. We don't think that that slope and that, I mean, while yes, that's, you know, statistically kind of how things go, it's not set in stone for any given person. Um, so we always want our clients to be able to be in that fun zone and being able to be active, enjoy their life, um, remain healthy and enjoy the things that they have been doing their entire life, not just trying to kind of puzzle things together. Um, so the benefits of physical activity, it's, I mean, a pretty long list here, but we'll run through them. Strength, 
flexibility, cardiopulmonary function, balance, walking, bone density. Anytime that we're doing weight-bearing activity, we're increasing the strength of our, our bone density. Um, it helps with sleeping, especially folks that, oh, I'm just keep dozing off in the middle of the day, but that I'm not sleeping at night. Sometimes we need to be a little bit more active to get that fatigue so we can actually sleep well during the night. Um, improved heart function, quality of life is a huge piece of it. Decreased pain, decreased constipation and incontinence, which I think are those quality of life pieces that can also be, make a make a big impact. Yeah, I, and I love that you you sort of premised all of this on on the idea that there's no need to assume that oh, I'm getting older, I have to stop doing the things that I, I had fun in my youth, but now it's time to be old. You know, because that's what leads to isolation, and isolation has its own public health uh, detriment. I mean, we, we saw that especially during COVID, but, uh, you know, there's no need to to just assume I'm getting old, I can't do the things I once did, but I but you really just rattled off some very important uh, aspects of that. There's, um, there's a, a, a researcher out of... Uh, Berkeley in California who talks about sleeping. His name is Dr. Matthew Walker. And after I've heard him and then read his book, I'm scared to no end about not getting enough sleep because it's it's just so important to the way your body restores itself and, and functions. So I'm glad you mentioned that, yeah, if you get yourself tired enough because you're staying active, you're going to get better sleep. And how about bone density? I mean, if you have a fall, are you going to break something or are you going to be a little more sturdy? And is I assume that's a pretty constant theme in, in your work is, you know, you see people who, who were maybe a little more brittle and, and they, they didn't do the resistance sort of exercise or even just walking and weight bearing, like you said. Mm-hmm. And so it leads to, to uh, you know, the, uh, a worse outcome from a fall. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that this is something that it's it's tough because, OK, if I have the flu, I need to rest. I need to give my body time to recuperate musculoskeletal system, not so. The more you rest, the more you sit, the you, the more muscle wastes, the more your bones get a little bit weaker. Um, so, and that's something that I always try and educate my patients on is as you're doing these activities, I know, you know, it's a home exercise plan and it's not real shiny and fun, but every time you are standing up, even if you're standing at the counter doing, you know, heel raises, you're not just benefiting that muscle. It is Everything in your body from blood flow to cardiovascular health to bone density, everything is being benefited from just that single activity. And then it makes it possible to continue to do other things that are maybe, you know, need to do or fun to do. Right. And and they say that, you know, the more you maintain your muscle mass, that's going to have an effect on on your blood sugar levels. For So for those who have type 2 diabetes or are pre, pre-diabetic, increasing muscle mass in, uh, increases your ability for uh, to to metabolize and, and have metabolic health. Um, but also, what, I mean, I'm sure you have insights into the, the, the rate of muscle mass loss as people get older. And I, I mean, I'm in my late 40s and I know that I'm already in the zone where I better be working hard to maintain muscle mass or else it's just going to start dropping off with each with each decade that comes. So that's something I think about when I don't feel like working out, you know, when I don't feel like, uh, you know, I'm tired, I want to take a nap instead of, of hitting the gym. Well, I think of my clients at Keystone Elder Law, the ones who can't lift themselves out of a chair, the, the ones who need help to use the bathroom because they can't lift themselves up and down. That's a pretty strong motivator for me, but I think a lot of listeners should know that this is independence. This is your dignity, and muscle mass and maintaining it is pretty important. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And one of the statistics is one day in the hospital. So even from a short term perspective, one day in the hospital takes four days to gain back. So if you think about it, heaven forbid somebody's in the hospital for two weeks. I mean, that's two months now that you're just getting back to maybe baseline. And then depending on any medical complications, you know, after you leave the hospital, that it makes it even even trickier. So, yeah, making sure that whatever you're starting with, <laughs> you have a good base to kind of get back to. Right. Yeah. yeah. Fo- keeping the foundation. And and so when you're saying, um, you know, benefits of physical activity and you said, look, even if you're just spending more time standing than than sitting down. I mean, but are there if people want to get a little more ambitious, what are some of the things that you recommend for people um, I mean, other studies, you have to do a minimum amount of physical activity to get the benefits or, or you know, I've heard a range of ideas there about you have to do so many minutes a day or so what certain types of activities. What can you tell me about that? Yeah, so that is, so from different perspectives, there's different pieces of it. So from a cardiovascular perspective, a lot of the recommendations are at least 30 minutes of moderate activity three times a week. So that's kind of to keep your heart pumping, keep blood flowing. Um, from an exercise standpoint, it is based a little bit more on every individual's kind of where what, where they're at and what they're able to tolerate. Um, something that we do because of the type of therapy that we provide, we are v- monitoring vitals as well. So that's another piece that we kind of look at. Um, I The one aspect that we, we ask our patients about is rate of perceived exertion. So being able to stay as active as you can without getting to the point of exhaustion, as long as you can do that in a given day is great. Um, I always tell my patients, stop when you're moderately tired because you sit down, take a rest for you know three to five minutes, and then you can get back up and finish that activity versus pushing yourself to exhaustion and then you're done for the rest of the day and your legs don't want to get you up and down the stairs. So really kind of being in tune to how you're feeling and how you're how you're moving, but then also pushing yourself to that point that you are actually, you know, feeling moderately tired or you're feeling like those muscles are working. That's great. Yeah. My guest today is Katie Martz from Fox Rehab. Her number is 717-881-0453. We'll be back for more of the Later in Life Planning Show sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. You are listening to News Radio WHP 580. Welcome back to the Later in Life Planning Show on News Radio WHP 580. Here's Patrick Colley. We're back on the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. I am your host, Patrick Colley, and my guest today is Katie Martz with Fox Rehab. We've been talking about falls, the impact of a fall on your health ways to prevent it, both uh, with the way your home is arranged and the benefits of staying active, getting stronger so that you can live not only longer, but a better life. Um, I'd like to just take a step back, Katie, and and talk about Fox Rehab in general and how you operate. Uh, My understanding is that, you know, there are certainly, you know, physical therapy, occupational therapy practices, and you go to a, a specified uh, building, but that's not exactly how Fox Rehab operates. Can you can you elaborate on that point? Yeah, absolutely. So Fox Rehabilitation was started by our um, president, Dr. Fox, back in the 80s because he saw kind of a hole in the system of folks that just weren't receiving care. So we are an outpatient therapy provider, but we just do house calls. So we see folks that are in their home in the community, but then we also partner with senior living communities as well. So personal cares, independent living, memory cares, to provide outpatient therapy in their most functional setting, their home. Um, 
a lot of what we do works with geriatric populations, so older adults, um, but it's definitely not a age limit. It's more so kind of what the needs are. The average age of our patient is 82. Um, and we are focusing on a lot of this stuff kind of we were talking about, those quality of life pieces. Um, we try and be as proactive as possible. So we don't want to wait until somebody falls to address their balance concerns. We want to be able to catch those before they're having those falls and are maybe just noticing that, oh, you know, I don't feel quite as sturdy when I'm going to the restaurant or doing some of those things. Um, so it's it's that nice donut hole because we're Outpatient folks don't need to be homebound. They're able to be seen in their home, but they don't need to be homebound. They can go out to their bridge club on Thursdays if that's what they're enjoy, they enjoy doing. Um, but maybe getting out to the traditional clinic is a little bit tough. Uh, all of our clinicians have either their master's or doctorates, and they manage their own caseload, which is a huge piece because every clinician sees that patient for every visit. So they're able to identify red flags. They're checking vitals. They're, you know, in tune with what is going on with the patient from week to week. So we're able to keep a really close eye on that patient and addressing all of the aspects from the medical perspective, but then also setting really functional goals for them to, you know, get be able to get to their grandson's graduation or being able to do some of those things that are really going to just en- enable them to live better longer. And I love that you you describe the set. I mean, the, I was thinking this is just more for convenience, and and like you said, maybe it's it's hard for some people to get to a brick and mortar building. But you describe the home as the most functional environment. That makes so much sense. Uh, and, and also, I'm glad that you uh, underscored the fact that if you if somebody listening to this program is uh, the adult child or the spouse, and there are they're developing some concerns, but they're not, you know, okay, there hasn't been a fall yet. Well, you don't want to wait until there's a fall because then there's all these other medical complications. There's there's the emotional turmoil that goes with it. There, it can be extremely expensive for long term care. Let's nip that in the bud and in the most functional environment, address those balance issues and preserve quality of life. If you like going out to dinner, well, don't stop doing that because you're a little wobbly. Let's just pay some attention to that. Absolutely. And it's wonderful, too, because it's that one on one attention as well. So you don't have to worry about, you know, being in a crowded space. It's that therapist is focusing exactly on you and on your very specific goals, which is great in the environment where you need to achieve those goals. Yep. So let's switch gears a little bit. I mean, we talked about some of the benefits of physical activity before the break, a uh, range of them from strength and flexibility, you know, pulmon- uh, cardiopulmonary function and so ba- just balance in general, sleeping better. But what about some, some people have chronic conditions and often that's what's leading to some of the challenges in the later years of life. Is exercise going to make much of a difference there as opposed to just preventing falls or or limiting the impact of a fall with because you have greater bone density? What if it's a chronic condition? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of the patients that we see, there's typically at least something chronic going on under underneath it all, you know, whether that's high blood pressure or anything like that. But we do see um, folks that also have more um, degenerative conditions. So Parkinson's is a huge one. Um, we have a lot of clinicians that are LSVT certified, which is the big and loud program, which is specific for Parkinson's patients. So we're able to address safety um, and they are able to work on functional activity, but they also look at swallowing and, and speech as well, which is a huge piece of it. Um, diabetes is another one. So while we're not going to necessarily be able to give them a magic pill to make their numbers go down. The more active they are, the better chances they have of having those control over those numbers. 
Cancer is another one. Um, as you're going through treatment or after treatment, it takes a huge toll on your body. So making sure that we're addressing those pieces from a muscle mass perspective, endurance perspective, and also education perspective. Realizing, you know, some things might be different coming after out of out of treatment or maybe going into it and being a little bit more prepared. Heart disease, another really big one. And that's a, another piece that it's really important that we're checking those vitals and we're keeping an eye on those things because there have been times when I've been taking vitals for somebody and I'm like, hey, do you have uh, atrial fibrillation? No, no, I don't think so. But I'm hearing it. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm going to call the doctor quick. <laughs> um, so and then sometimes too, being just being that extra set of eyes to catch some of those things because then we're talking to the cardiologist and then they're getting in that week to, you know, kind of get assessed. So it's it's still good to keep the 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 activity going, but also just that extra set of eyes is really important for chronic conditions. Um, vascular disease, same thing. The more that we can get blood flowing and weight bearing is going to be better to you know preserve toes, hands, all of that kind of stuff. If there's any type of blockage or, or deficit, osteoporosis. So going back to that bone density uh, piece making sure that we're doing weight-bearing activity and getting as much as we can through those joints to make them as strong as possible. Uh, multiple sclerosis, so another one that is degenerative. And it's not necessarily that we're going to reverse it, but we might be able to slow that progression and help you live a little bit more independently as things are going along. Alzheimer's is another really big one. Um, I think that sometimes when folks have Alzheimer's or dementia or you know any memory deficit, there's kind of the idea like, well, it, it kind of is what it is, but it, there's been so much research showing that the more active somebody is able to do, even if it's just they always used to wash the dishes after lunch, being able to do that repetitive activity that's familiar to them, it helps them multitudes, not just from a physical standpoint, but from a, a happiness standpoint, from a mood standpoint, um, and just being able to allow them to be that independent as much as possible. Um, and then arthritis, same thing, kind of working through and and improving that strength that helps the joints around it um, to make sure that we're not just, you know, pounding through a knee, but we're actually strengthening those muscles to make sure that they're taking some of the load off of that arthritis. Oh, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And, it you know, you go through all of these chronic conditions and regular listeners of this show will remember I had Dr. Raj Dave on as a guest who is a cardiovascular expert, Dr. Rollin Wright, who is a dementia expert and, and geriatric medicine specialist. And all of these various specialties, they're echoing exactly what you just said, which is, you know, there's, so, there's a, it, it's, it, it's the cheapest medicine and some of the most effective medicine is to build muscle mass, to, to keep flexible, to stay strong, the bone density. And they're saying the same thing. You're going to, it will help with your cognitive function. It will keep you from losing fingers, toes and, and feet and so forth. I mean, and, and it's just, it's unfortunate that that's not enough of a motivator for some people, you know, and of course there's other, you know, dietary, stop smoking, things things like that. But it's just one thing and you and I might be out of a job if everybody just started exercising, you know, <laughs> that that would uh, drastically uh, decrease the uh, the challenges of the later years of life. And I wanted to go back to um, all of this holistic service, catching things to alert other healthcare professionals, taking those vitals that Fox Rehab is doing. I think it's worth noting that that what you do, it is covered by Medicare, isn't it? It is, yes. So we are, uh, uh, through outpatient, our Medicare Part B provider. 
So it goes under that benefit. Um, and we see, you know, all ages, so it doesn't necessarily have to be a Medicare product. Um, we can see commercial as well, or if they have a Medicare Advantage plan, um, that's something that we work with as well. But yeah, it's covered by insurance. Right. I'm glad you mentioned that. So I, I didn't mean to exclude the people who aren't on Medicare yet. So so it's but that's one option if, if you happen to be on uh, Medicare. And it's, you know, you throughout all of what we've talked about, you threw in even, you know, the occupational therapy, the if, if you're if you have swallowing difficulty, I think you mentioned that in the context of Parkinson's. That's a speech therapist, and people don't often expect speech therapy. Well, that's actually, you know, swallowing is a big part of that, and that's what they work on. But this is all under the umbrella of Fox Rehab. Correct, yes. So we are um, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and speech therapy. We don't have skilled nursing. We don't have nursing aides, but we have all three of those therapy prov- therapies provided. Um, and it does vary a little bit by, you know, location. So it's something that we can always look into. But, yeah, uh, those are the the three professions that we champion. So as you're listening to this, I mean, this is this is a great outpatient service to meet you where you are and where you need to be most functional. Uh, of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that uh, we're constantly trying at Keystone Elder Law to provide a lot of education as well. You can go to keystoneelderlaw.com and using the workshops tab, you can get registered for the next uh, estate planning and asset protection workshop or Another workshop that goes into the details of how you pay for long-term care. This is a holistic plan for the the later years of life. That's what we're going for uh, with this show. So we'll be back in a moment for more of the Later in Life Planning Show sponsored by Keystone Elder Law on News Radio WHP 580. It's the Later in Life Planning Show here on News Radio WHP 580. Now your host, Patrick Colley. We are back on the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. My guest today, Katie Martz with Fox Rehab. Her number is 717-881-0453, 881-0453. And Katie, today you've been talking about the impact of falls, what that can do to someone's health, and so therefore ways to keep the home safe, ways to stay active, stay strong, stay flexible, and the even the way that it can improve life for someone with a chronic condition. But I think underlying all of this is is Fox Rehab is is outpatient. They're coming to the home or your personal care facility, assisted living. They want to know the environment that you need to succeed in. And so underlying all of this is the concept of functional ability. So what what is really the philosophy there? What are you what are you looking at as top priority when it comes to somebody's functional ability? Absolutely. So we look at a couple different pieces. Um, functional ability incorporates the biological aspect, psycho- psychological, as well as the social domain. So there's a couple different pieces that all work together to kind of tie into that functional ability. Sometimes it's really looking at the basic pieces of it. So asking you know yourself or your loved one if you're maybe you know doing a little investigating. Um, are you able to get in and out of bed independently? Are you needing a little help? Are you you know having to pull on the dresser to get yourself out of bed? Are you able to get dressed on your own? And that includes socks and shoes. Is that something that you're able to do? Or are you exhausted by the time you get there and then you're sitting at the front door until you can get out? Um, Walking to the dining room safely and independently. Do you need help? Are you nervous about falling? 
And then also even those out of the home activities. So going to the store or the market for shopping, is that something that you need somebody to go with you for because you don't feel safe doing that? Are you nervous that you're going to get tired as you're doing that and you're going to not be able to find a place to sit down? So looking at some of those pieces that go into that functional ability and how you're able to remain as independent as possible. Um, Fear of falling is a really big piece of, I think, the older adults kind of mindset that I don't think we acknowledge quite as frequently as we should. Um, the fear of falling is very fair. It's something that we need to respect and, you know, definitely keep in in um, in mind as we're doing things. But I don't know that people realize that the fear of falling actually makes us more at risk for falls. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like if you try to be too cautious when you're driving, you might end up causing an accident. But I'm glad you mentioned that because I I, I heard somebody, uh, somebody I respect say recently that there are really only two fears you're born with, loud noises and falling. And I think you never get over that falling, because, and especially if you've already had medical complications from falling. But then tell me about how that fear is going to cause more problems for you unless you, unless I guess you, you learn, you try it under the, the guidance of someone from Fox Rehab, and then you develop confidence. And then that's the only way to get through the fear. But how, if they don't overcome the fear, how is that going to cause them more problems? Absolutely. So as, as the fear of falling increases, we limit our activity. So you know what? I'm going from the dining room into the kitchen to put my dish in the sink, but I'm going to hold on to the counter as I'm going along instead of walking without. Um, and that might be fair. If you have, if your plate still has some food on it that it's a little bit heavier or you, and it's been a long day and you're tired, there's, there's definitely um, times that that's appropriate. But we kind of lean into these techniques that allow us to not really do things to the fullest extent, which then impacts our strength, endurance, balance, coordination, and safety altogether. So it's something that we definitely need to be aware of, but we don't want to make that cause us to be inactive to the point of deconditioning. Sure. Or as a crutch that I, I'm going to get out of this social function. So you said biological, psychological, so the fear and social. Well, if you've always really enjoyed going out to dinner with your friends, well, I don't know that there's going to be something for me to lean on. So I'll come up with an excuse not to go. Mm-hmm. That's going to impact you in lots of ways, that isolation. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's a huge piece of it. And it's, and it's something too that, um, it's important to reach out to professionals for this, especially, you know, if it's at the point that you're not safe because balance, it's kind of like a muscle. You have to challenge it to get a little bit stronger. So sometimes that needs somebody standing right next to you as you're losing your balance, or it is, you know, making sure that you're testing that within a safe environment and you're addressing those pieces where maybe it's just standing and static balance, but maybe it's reaching in dynamic balance. And by being more, willing to address those, we're improving that fear because you're having that confidence to know, okay, yes, I did lose my balance, but I caught myself because I had that leg strength. I had that reaction that I was able to, you know, move my foot and stay steady. And I think that sometimes even before we have a fall, if you're nervous about it, you're going to be on edge and you're going to be a little bit unsteady and uncoordinated because that, that mental piece of it, you're just thinking about it so much. And I think the flip side though, is that once you have put in the work and you see, hey, I, I didn't fall there and hey, I made it through that social function. I must be making progress. That That's going to build on itself as as motivation to continue doing the work so that you can have the life that you want to live. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I guess when it comes to 
how somebody loses functional ability in the first place, uh, you know, it, I guess a fall in itself or some other, uh, they, they have some condition. We talked about some of the chronic conditions, but what can people anticipate as something that if they can, if they're spotting it early or if, whether it's for a spouse, a parent or, or themselves, what can they, can they spot as the source of losing function to begin with? Absolutely. There's two different pieces that can kind of play into this that aren't always within our control. So there is the normal aging process as well as disease processes that kind of work together. So from the normal aging process, there is uh, changes with muscle, bone, so reducing your flexibility, strength, even postural changes, which I need that talk every once in a while when I yeah. stand up straight. <laughs> or, or you see the people in the grocery store and they can't quite reach the top shelf anymore because they're hunched over. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. Absolutely. Um, and then also uh, change in heart and lung stamina, so that cardiovascular ability, that endurance aspect, and then even senses. So vision, hearing, touch, proprioception, that's kind of how we know where we're at in space. If that's something that is declining, which is is happens as we age from a neurological standpoint, um, we can kind of avoid activities that go into that. And then it can become more of a problem as you're kind of going on. And then throw on top of that any type of disease process, and it's going to kind of exacerbate some of those pieces. So it it getting to the point that you're losing functional ability can be kind of sneaky. It's not necessarily something that, oh, you know, I had that fall and it was all downhill from there. Sometimes it's been, it can be, you know what, the last year has been a little tough and it can be, you know, a little bit slower of a progression. Um, And I think a lot of times that can happen when other aspects of our life are being affected. Um, I've had a lot of patients that were uh, primary caregivers for their spouse. And so all of their time and energy was put into taking care of another person and they neglected, you know, Body mechanics can be something that you don't even think about or, oh, well, you know, she's she's not able to go outside, so I'm going to stay in home with her. And, you know, some of those activities where you're actually self-limiting, not intentionally, you're doing right. it for the person you love. For but, the best reason. Yeah. But you're not only neglecting yourself, but you're also, if those sneaky things are going on, you're just, you're just, that's not where your focus is. Mm-hmm. So you miss it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm yeah. so, so glad you mentioned that the, the spouses who are the caregivers Uh, They're doing heroic work. I mean, it's what they took their vows to do and they're carrying through with it. But it does take somebody outside of them to say, look, you you need to take care of you. That's how you can be the best spouse, you you know, best husband or wife you you can be. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that's a huge piece that I mean, if if it's something that you're able to do, and I'm sure this is something you work with clients on, too, is even just getting a private paid caregiver every once in a while. So you can go out to eat or go to a doctor's appointment, go do those things. Um, and then even, yeah, senior living communities, a personal care, independent living where you can still be out there, but maybe you don't have to worry about making meals and some of those pieces. Um, I think sometimes you can get kind of wrapped in that you don't reach for help. And, you know, if right. there's just that information of, oh, this might actually be available, that's a huge, that's yeah, a huge piece. There are there are programs that that are adult day. There's the the life program. There's just giving the, the spousal caregiver a break because they feel like it's their duty to be the caregiver. But then they have all of these effects that you're talking about. And then they're looking at a, a at a long term care situation. So this is definitely something I go through in my workshop entitled "How Will You Pay for Long Term Care?" We talk about those levels of care. We talk about uh, in the other workshop how to protect your assets as you look at these these processes that come up in the later years of life. This can lead to very expensive challenges, and this your your basic estate planning really ought to have asset protection for these very reasons. 
Katie, um, so you, you're with Fox Rehab. We've talked about how Fox Rehab operates, and people can contact you, 717-881-0453. I just want to thank you for sharing such practical, uh, I think it's practical insights that people can really picture in their head as they're hearing our voices. I just, I, I'm, I'm very grateful that you've shared these insights with people uh, today. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And, and I hope everybody will join me next week for another episode of the Later in Life Planning Show. But go in the meantime and, and find us on whp580.com. There's a podcast menu in the upper left-hand corner. You can find us uh, old episodes, previous episodes on your iHeart app or your Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and so forth. Take in those old episodes because there's a lot of great people like Katie Martz who, who are, are sharing their insights. And it's all part of building a shield for the later years of life. Thank you for listening, everybody. You're listening to uh, News Radio WHP 580.